Welcome back to the Gods to Ghost Volleyball Podcast and your host, Scott Bemke, for part two of our interview with Mike Storman Normand. Let's pick up where we last left off. All right, Mike, you played at UCLA for uh, the greatest coach of volleyball ever in Al Skates. What made him so successful? Let's see. Al had some interesting, he had an interesting personality, to say the least. <clears throat> He could discern talent, so that was good, but a lot of people can seek talent. And then he got the talent to come play for him. And uh, he basically uh, took the game more as a, a mental aspect than a physical aspect. So he, uh, he wasn't really worried because he had guys, a guy could jump or hit or uh, block or big was tall or whatever. They already had that skill. So uh, he didn't worry about that. He worried about how to put all those skills together, like on a chessboard, like how to use the bishop and the uh, the ropes and the pawns and whatever. So that's kind of his his strength uh, was that uh, he could he could figure out how to put all the pieces together successfully most of the time. So that was one aspect of his game. His other is that after he won quite a few of the things, he became you know. Uh, a belief in, in, and he understood what the, the power that he had was, which was incredible because that's usually the hardest thing for everybody to learn about is power. Right. Power is not just dominating somebody, you know, or, or yelling at them or, you know, getting close to them, you know. It was the ability to believe in that what you're doing is right. You can't be touched. And, and, uh, and it's because you've, you've set up those uh, contingencies for you to be successful. You know, and then mm-hmm. a couple examples. You used a lot of, you know, there's a lot of examples out there, but a couple that I remember was we were in a tournament when I was a coach, and uh, we were having trouble against Santa Barbara. We needed a side out, and we weren't doing really, really well at all. I said, well, why don't we use Buddy Cox, who was you know, basically a freshman, but he was like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, something like that, left-handed, which was always good. Right. But he could hit three. He could hit the three when the three was just coming in, you know, and guys were, you know, just starting to learn. And this kid could already hit it really well. Not much else because he was just a geeky kid, couldn't quite, you know, you know, it was just angular at the time. He, he got better, obviously. But, you know, and Al said, okay, fine. So he puts him in. We set him the three. Bam, he makes the side out. We sub him right out. Okay. <laughs> right out. Not, not, nothing. Put our team back in there and we win. And so we went. And so then uh, the reporters come up to him, you know. At that particular point, it was a crucial, you know, they turned the game and the match. And he said, well, Mike Norman suggested it, right? So he put my name out there. You know, pretty interesting. I, I was pretty happy at first, you know, because I, you know, learning, you know, you know, coaching and stuff like that. And right. So I thought that was pretty cool. You know, I mean, you know, most most coaches say, well, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was smart enough to do it. So, you know, ha ha, you know. And uh, take the, the the credit, and I thought that was excellent because being in the service, obviously, you learn not to take the credit for yourself because it's a team effort. But you know, I thought it was good. And then we're playing like you know three or four matches later. Once again, we're in a tight situation, and uh, you know, I says, "God, we need a side out, or we need a point." And so then we got the side. I said, "Well, the guy that can serve the points for us is this kid, Saban Perkins." But anyway, I was you know. And uh, the, the guy, you know, serves a, a heavy ball that you know, goes all over. You know, he remind me of uh, Milliken. Larry Milliken. Yeah, yeah, Larry Boomer. 
Yeah, and so uh, they had a, an interesting tough serve to receive. But uh, so the, the Al puts him in, bam, he can throw, you know, puts it right like in the bottom of the net or something like that. Might even hit the, the, the blocker in front of him. But, uh, you know, because it was erratic at, at the best. But so then obviously we, we lost that match. And then the reporters come up and, you know, and then Al said, well, we made a coaching decision and, and, and it didn't work this time. And so that's the difference that you find about, you know, uh, coaches with power and how, you know, it's funny, you know, and, 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 and people I know that are really confident with what they do is that, that they, uh, they give credit to everybody else and then take the blame either themselves or uh, shuff it off on the team or the unit, you know, and that way you're really successful. You don't sit there and, you know, uh, individual, right? Right, right, right. You know, and, 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 you know, and, and, and from that, and this is not Al's way of doing it, this is my way of doing it, but from that I learned how to, you know, make my own, is that I never ever talk to my team after a game or a match. I, I never talk to them. Win, lose, or draw, it doesn't matter. I never talk to them. I talk to them the next day, practice, or, you know, whatever it is. You know, and so then I come in and I said, here's what we need to do as a team to, to improve where our errors were. And then individually I work with the players and, and have them do extra practice on what hitting the line or setting the back set or you know stepping out on the one slide or whatever and that's that's how, how it works and and you know I've, I've been lucky enough to uh, to coach a lot of a lot of great young athletes they uh, you know they seem to respond to that because you know obviously the worst thing you can do as a coach and I see this all the time and this is one of my little pet peeves uh, now that we've got to hear but um, you hear coaches on the sideline, you know, especially young coaches in high school, especially, you know, we got to pass the ball. We got to pass the ball. Come on, guys. You are trying. You got to pass the ball. And I think that that really shows the weakness of that coach because, A, any kid that's been in a volleyball gym for one day has learned how to pass the ball knows that, A, how you're supposed to pass with your hands, you know, physically and where it's supposed to go on the court, you know, depending on if you're, you know, 605, 42 or whatever center. So they have a basic guy you're supposed to go to the net and to the center so that the center can set it. A good coach, will, if he's going to say anything, he says, okay, hey, front line, back up one step because maybe they get the guy served a really hard flat ball or step forward because maybe it's a weak server, you know, whatever. Step to your left, your right, or, or Jimmy, slide over your right because maybe you want Jimmy and Jimmy understands he's a better passer. When you ask him to take a step to the right, you're, you're asking him to cover the, the guy that's to his right without saying, hey, cover for Johnny who just screwed up three times in a row, you know? So, yeah, it's just, it, it, those are just little things that the coaches do that, you know, that really irritate because they really uh, demean the kids, you know, and, and all they're doing is, is, is playing for the, the parents. Like, oh, no, the coach knows that they need to pass. <laughs> you know, but they walk up and down the side, and I saw it. They walk up and down the sideline yelling all sorts of information. I never leave my seat. But they walk up and down the sideline, and, and they're, they're going, okay, watch for this, watch for that, watch for this. You know, and if you're working with kids, and even college kids, you can't give them that much information. If a ball's being served, you got to say, now don't forget, move to your right, now you can't pass that ball. If the kid hasn't identified it then, by the time you've said it, he's listened to it, and the time he moves, the bar has hit, hit the ground or he's already shanked it. I mean, you, you can't do that. That's what timeouts are for, to control the momentum. So, but yeah, those are the, they run down there yelling like, oh, I know they're going to run to one, so watch the one, watch the one. And, you know, obviously the kid that's there doesn't realize that, why you haven't prepared him to, to be ready to watch the one because you haven't shown what 
science report, like a good pass or whatever, you know. So, yeah, it, it, it's amazing all the information that, that these, all these young coaches give their parents. Oh, look, he knows that's going to happen. Oh, he, everybody knows what's going to go on in the game if, if you played it a little bit. You know, the bottom line is how do you get your kids to be able to take that information and be successful? That goes to success versus winning, which, you know. And Coach Skates was uh, an expert at that with uh, his guys is what I'm uh, taking from that whole uh, explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he didn't know, he told you everything you needed to know before the match. He, he, he had rosters set up. He said, okay, here's our lineups against these guys. Here's what they're going to do. This is where they hit most of their balls. You know, uh, we're going to block on the left or right, or we're going to rotate left or right, or whatever. Whatever it is, he's got it down. He's got. He says, "Okay, he's going to go four games. He's going to go five games." He was, he was, he was he <laughs> and then it always have us winning whatever whatever the championship was. You know, and then we walk away with the championship. So he talked. He did all his coaching before, which is when you should do it in practice or before. And he sets us up. And then during the game, he'll call a timeout only to actually reinforce something uh, to the team and maybe uh, say, okay, set, you know, set Norman this ball, and we need this ball, or set such and such, you know. But he didn't, like, overreact, you know, he didn't tell a thousand things, you know. He, he found out what the basic thing was when he went in the huddle. He made one statement, maybe, and one to the team, and one to a particular individual, and then he walked away. He didn't sit there, okay, now, Jimmy, you're going to go over here, Johnny, you're going to go left, and, and, and Susie, you come up from the back and you go, no, no, you know. First of all, you lose everybody. Yeah, they, you know nobody's that bright. Right. You know, well, a few guys, but not. So you know, over coaching, you know, is it? So he gives one major idea for the team, and like, okay, everybody, back up. This guy's going to jump serve or move forward. You know, whatever. And then set this particular play. It's open, and then he walks away, and then you just sit there, you get your drink, you think about it. You say, okay, Johnny, you do this, blah blah blah, blah and boom, and 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 you know. It was successful, so he didn't overcoach, at least not in uh, games uh, situations. Freddie Stern played with you guys, the stud from Pacific Palisades, in both basketball and volleyball, and coach. Uh, then uh, he was a stud lefty for you guys uh, on your seventy-three or seventy-four national championship team, correct? Uh, well, no, that's not quite. Freddie was an excellent player, uh, very quiet. Uh, but he played in 73, and uh, he and Mike Franklin, he took a year off. And so he didn't play on the 74 team that won it. Then he came back and played on the 75 team. And then he went on to coach overseas, I think uh, it was the Danish coach or something like that. Um, you know, uh, really a thinker and a, a, a good passer and a mechanic. So, yeah. You uh, invented the infamous circle drill, which is like to this day, uh, the stories are epic. Let's hear about how you created it and what uh, some of your best memories from it with the players that uh, competed in it. Well, that was set up, okay, because, you know, unfortunately, um, volleyball was a young sport when we started playing. And, uh, you know, it was it was basically they took basketball players and you know uh, they just did what they did and everybody you know and so there was really no organization. Some people lived it. Well, not many people actually. Got, you know, it was one of the first ones. But anyway, uh, they did because they weren't like lifters. They were like high school kids and they didn't do well on lifting in high school back in the sixties and seventies and, and, and stuff like that. Um, not for like minor sports. They did for football, but that was about it. Uh, maybe some of the track uh, throwers, but. 
so they didn't really have an organization and whatever the coach came up with um you know let's do jumping jacks let's do the air force uh drills uh that, that were you know popular in the late 50s and stuff like that um let's just do what you want to do you know and so uh i was in science i had an art and science major and so uh, you know i was in neuromuscular physiology and so movement and how to make it effective and then a lot of people were starting to think about you know how to make warm up specific to your athletic event and you know i happen to be one of the you know, earlier guys i guess and so um i set up the circle here where we circle we we warm up our, the internal core for about a minute or two just you know like, like jogging and then we add like um, side steps where we use crossover like we would do with a block crossover block crossover block side shuffle like you wouldn't defense dive and then uh you know and, and like you were going to get a ball up and then get back up quick start jogging again five dives in a row and then uh, approach jumps uh, lateral block jumps and just stuff like that and so uh then we, we started i started easy because you know uh, the biggest error most people make when they start with any uh warm-up or, or workout is they work too hard and they get injured so we started out doing five uh five circuits of five this is when we first started you know five so we did five uh dives in a row five approach jumps in a row five sprints of the ends five uh lateral uh, movements of sides and stuff so anyway, so anyway this that and the other and then then obviously you know we we kept increasing 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 where we get up to 20 and then we still do 10 sets so we'd be like doing 200 or so uh, right. at the end of it you know all in like 15 minutes you know but we, we built ourselves up to that and then you know um <laughs> i was always a competitor so you know hello mike but anyway um, <laughs> so i'd always dive and i'd jump up and start running and or i i do five six sit up uh, you know and then i get up and jump and i i I'd go geez am i with a bunch of ladies or what you know, and, so I, I, and then of course there were certain guys that that took that seriously you know and so all of a sudden there was all these all everybody was like that first guy up and then i had to yell at some of the guys say make sure you do all your push-ups when you do they all go down to the floor and back up not just the head dips because that's that's the only way you're gonna try to beat me you know but it's a, it's, you know and it became a fun you know like so we were warming up we were having camaraderie and um uh, we were doing skills that were going to help us later in the game. That comes from my philosophy, you know, is that you train harder than you're going to play in the game so that you never, you know, uh, get tired. If you're going to lose, lose because the other team was better, not because you got tired and you could you could start jumping at 30 inches and then all of a sudden at the fifth game you're jumping 24. Well, that six inches you're giving away to the team. That Each guy gives away six or seven inches, you know. Now you're in trouble. So never lose because you're not in shape, you know, and, and you're not mentally tough enough to play the game. If the other guy's bigger, he's 6'8", he jumps 40 inches like you do, well, you know, it's going to be a long day, you know, <laughs> or a quick time. <laughs> so that's kind of, and there was plenty of guys. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, there isn't a guy, I don't think, you know, like Jeff Williams and, you know, then you got Sinjin, you got Jamie Cleary and all these other guys, you know, everybody, you know, is, is competing against you. You know, Peter Ashley, you know, uh, Klein, you know, all, it didn't matter what year I did, even when I was a, a, a coach there, doing with the younger, you know, you had Rick Looney's and those guys, you know, parties all trying to beat you. And, and that's something that they, that, you know, kids always do. Um, they always try to beat the, uh, the old dog, which I guess is me, you know, but, uh, hey, did you, did you, did you ever lose? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, no, I never lost. You know, I worked out every single day all year, but you know, they only worked out sometimes. But so, 
there were a lot of guys who got to me who were right on my tail. I said, if I'd even taken a breath, I might have been in trouble. But yeah, so um, yeah, it, it, yeah. yeah. Coach Skates, I call him Legend Skates, LS. Yeah, he said uh, Sinjin and um, Karch would really go at it, and then uh, like the upperclassmen uh, were like they were lapping them, and uh, said it was really impressive watching uh, Sinjin and Karch. I think like Dave Dave Saunders and Partee and some of those guys were on that and on that team, and yeah, pretty yeah. wild stories. Yeah, they were they were all excellent. They were all excellent uh, players, uh, you know, and obviously went on and won the '84 Olympics. But um, yeah, you know, you get you get guys like, like uh, there's certain guys, you know, like you know, like Sinjin, for example, and Karch. You know, the, you know, uh, Sinjin. I went I went to Al had me Greg Jubinowski. Unfortunately, he's passed. Was a great 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 kid, and I worked camps with him and stuff like that, and. Uh, he would recruit up north, so he had Santa Barbara, and I recruited down south, you know. And now I remember sent me to, to a high school gym, uh, Redondo, and it was Loyola, which is a, a boys' school at the time, and uh, Redondo Union. And I was supposed to look at the Redondo Union guy, it was like 6'5", you know, big center blocker guy, the Luki guy. And uh, so then, you know, uh, so I'm watching this Loyola, and, and I'm watching and this guy, this guy on the team, and I've gone, fudge. Uh, Looney boy, this, this kid is really, really good, and um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, and uh, and I, I, I went and, and talked to him. He said, "Hi, I'm McDonald. You see that coach? You know, we would love to have you come." I said that without Al's uh, knowledge, but um, then I went and told Al about him. You know, and anyway, needless to say, you know, he went on and, and uh, did uh, ex- extremely, extremely well. You know, uh, and uh, then same with Karch, and, and Karch is a competitor. You know, he. He was a young kid, really highly skilled. Um, when he was young, he, he played a little beach in high school, but uh, so I didn't really know who he was. And then, you know, we uh, we we met each other at a at a beach tournament. And, and uh, we yeah, we'll get the, to that, buddy. <laughs> we we the UCLA way, and uh, you know, it he took a second to digest the information, and then then he became uh, you know uh, you know an excellent uh, not because of me because he had it in him, but. Uh, I might have, you know, opened a door for him, uh, but yeah, he became, uh, you know, extremely, extremely good uh, player. So, um, yeah, those guys would compete against each other. I mean, you know, but you get competitors; they always compete against each other. It doesn't matter, you know. And, and it's just because that's you, you talk trash to your your buddies. That's what we all do, you know. what I'm saying so. Right. Oh yeah, I. Uh, that's what I liked about that uh, infamous blue curtain at UCLA. Is like if you got sent behind it, you knew. Uh, you had to battle to get back uh, on the other side, correct? Oh yeah, 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 that, yeah, that, yeah. There were some epic, epics. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, you, a lot of people started down there, and it took them one or two or three years, but they were persistent. And uh, we worked really, really hard. And uh, then you know, I would come over and say, "I need a guy. I need an outside. I need a, you know, whatever. I need a passer. I need a serve." And you know, they've been, you know, killing themselves for me. And I just, and I'd send one of them up and. Sometimes they stayed, sometimes they didn't, you know, it all, it, you know, it just worked its way. But, you know, there was some fun times there. I think a lot of people won a lot, you know, learned a lot. I mean, there's one story I really love, and, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go offline here, but Jamie Cleary, okay, he's a freshman. 
He's like six three, six four. I don't know, big, big tall kid, good looking kid, nice, nicest kid you ever met, right? Really nice, sweetheart kid. Anyway, we're scrimmaging, right? And I'm scrimmaging against them. And so I hit a ball. It's a, it's a, it's a title match, and he barely touches the ball, right? He barely touches the ball, and that I hit off his hands, right? And 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 so, uh, and then his teammates are going, "Okay, we got the point." I said, "Wait a minute." And I, I looked at him and said, "Did you touch the ball?" And he looked at me. He goes, "Yes." <laughs> so, yeah. so, so then I said, "Give me ten push-ups." And so he gave me ten push-ups. And I said, "Jamie, did you touch that ball?" Uh, he thinks first. He goes, "Yes, sir." <laughs> <laughs> All the guys on his team, like half of them, were on the floor, and 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 my guys are they're they're they're, they're turning their heads so that you know. I go, 10 more push-ups. <laughs> he's, he's so frustrated because he can't figure out, well, you know, yes, yes, sir. <laughs> and and so I said, Jamie, did you touch that ball? And he goes, well, yeah. I said, Jamie, 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 before you answer this question, I'll let you ask one guy on your team what you might want to answer. And of course, no touch. And the guys go, no, don't you? So he said, no touch. I said, there we go. Let's play. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just stuff. It's stuff like that, you know. And you know, and he obviously grew up and he played for the team. You know, he, he made a, a, a level. But anyway, but it, it's just it's little things like that that, that all the kids. That one just had to be so outrageously. But other ones where you know, you know kids like you know, um, I remember because I, I always got challenged by these guys. I don't know why they always. I remember. I wouldn't. There, yeah, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a weight room. I'm in the weight room, and you know, I'm, I'm one of the weight instructors. Uh, you know, for the school, besides uh, just volleyball, I also did linebackers and and, and crew and some other things. Anyway, so I've just been doing a workout with my linebackers, and we've been doing bench squats. We're just ripping it, right? And then, uh, so uh, we end up uh, doing the curls at the end because it's always best to do your arms at the end, right? So we curl. So I've got an easy bar with 45s on each side, and I'm doing a set of curls, right? And so, I've, you know, I've done like, you know, and all these guys are challenging me. So linebackers are challenging me and stuff. And, and, so, <laughs> and so then, so I, I just finished just finished my workout, and I just set the bar down, and Trevor Sherman comes in, right? I'm a Hawaii boy. Yeah, Trevor, yeah. I saw his yeah, kid, goes, man. His kid's stacked like him. Because I can beat you in, in curls, you know. And now, you know, I'm going, okay, fine. Well, you know, okay. Most guys can't do 45s on each side with the, with the easy bar, you know, uh, you know, because that's like 175 pounds or something like that, and uh, it's uh, 45, 90, and 20, and what, 130, pounds, or whatever it is. Anyway, most guys can't do a set of ten of them, you know. So, right. like, oh, sure, fine, whatever, you know. And so uh, he picks it up, and you know, he does ten. So then I. I, I, I make out 10. He goes, let's go again. So <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying here, you know. And because uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm frosted. My legs are dying because, you know, we just get squashed. Anyway, so anyway, so he ends up doing 10 more and I only got like eight out. And, you know, I was like, you know, arched my back. But I didn't want to get hurt. So I just, you know, so he, he beat me. So Stodd Trevor Sherman beat you on that one, Mike Sturman. Yeah, yeah. Like we talked before last time, so when you walk on the court or you, or you get to a challenge, there are no excuses. I could just say, hey, Trevor, I just finished a workout. You know, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't be fair. I wouldn't have an advantage. But, you know, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to go ahead up, you know. And so, you know, and you lose. And then, you know, that's the way it is. I mean, you, you can't. The kid beat me. I mean, you know. 
<laughs> yeah, and you know, Trevor uh, brought that up with uh, me to ask you that in that question. I'm sure it uh, means the world to him that he beat the legendary Mike Storm and Norman in an arm curling contest. <laughs> a lot of kids, you know, a lot of kids, a lot of kids that you know, you know, uh, the, the young kids, Hannon and all those guys, you know, you talked to me before about. All those guys when they were on junior teams, I'd get in the pool. My wife used to, you know, go crazy about this, but I'd get in the pool, and then they'd all try to take me under the water, right? You know, and they're all big kids, you know, and they all try to take me under the water. And so we'd have these wrestling matches. I'd be throwing them off, and I'd be standing above water. And, and uh, they thought that was the greatest thing. And she said, God, the puppies are always jumping all over the big dogs. That's what life was, you know? You know so, but uh, it, it was, I mean, that, that, those are the things that I remember at volleyball. They have nothing to do with volleyball. They're just great kids, great peoples, great situations that happen. You know, it, it's most of them were most of my acted pretty well. Sometimes I, I, uh, I probably went over the line a little, but you know, uh, shit happens, and you, you take responsibility. So. There you go. And then you're going to get to that cartridge QRI one, but, you know, whatever. So. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that one. But, yeah, I think Trevor Sherman, uh, Rich Bland, Carl Hankel, all those guys uh, that played. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl, yeah, Carl, yeah, all those guys. Yeah, Hankel, yeah. Yeah, yeah they were just studs, man. I'm just like, uh, man, I couldn't imagine a, a team with uh, all those guys on it at the same time. Scary. Yeah, they were good. Beach career. You won uh, your first tournament with Sinjin Smith, as Pat Powers calls him, USC Trojan. Stinkin' Smith. <laughs> first tournament, and he won his first tournament at Marine Street, I believe. What do you remember about that? Uh, I, you know, I, you know, I didn't play that many tournaments. I mean, if you look it up, I only played like 15 tournaments. But anyway, uh, throughout my career there, because uh, that wasn't my focus, but uh, I recruited Sinjin, and obviously, you know, I thought he was a great talent. And so, between his uh, uh, freshman and sophomore year, he uh, he comes up to me and he says, "Coach Mike, Coach Mike, will you play with me on the beach?" And you know, I'm, you know <laughs> I'm, I, I don't take the beach that serious. I mean, I take it serious, but I mean, you know, when I get step up, but you know, that wasn't like my focus. And I had some other things at the time going on. I said, "Look, Sinjin, look." You're excellent. Have you asked these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to play with me. I said, look, I'll tell you, I'll play with a couple tournaments with you, and we'll do well. I didn't say we're going to win. I said, we'll do well, because, you know, he's really good. And uh, uh, I said, but I can't practice, you know, five days a week like I, you know, I, I normally do. You know, I can only practice a couple days a week. So, but we'll go into a couple tournaments, and you'll do well, and then people want to ask you, and then, you know, and go. If somebody asks you, hey, go play with them. So, anyway, we go in and anyway, so... Um, I'm not sure, you know, what the order was, but I think we played in uh, the Santa Barbara one was the first one we played in. And um, we went up there and, and you know, we're, we're doing really well. And, and uh, we haven't really decided at the time, you know, who's going to play left or right. But uh, I think you know, one match, the whole match, you play right side and I play left. And the next match I play right side. He, so, you know, we, we kept it pretty consistent. And then we get to the finals of the winners. And we're playing Don Shaw and John Lee. And uh, uh, Don was, you know, and, and John both, but, but uh, Don was an excellent, you know, he had a good whip arm too. But anyway, they are just freaking ripping the ball, right? You know, we're serving and they're ripping. And this is when you, you could only score when you served. So um, anyway, so 
we're, they're ripping the ball and, and it's, it's going great, right? And uh, so I think they beat his first game like 11, let's say two or three, something like that, something very low. But it took like an hour and 10 minutes. You know, that's not <laughs> a lot. That was, but, but it looked, when you look at the score, you go, they got crushed 11 2. So then uh, we're in the second game. And once again, it's, it's, a, it's a tight game. They're playing great. We're not playing badly. You know, we're playing pretty well. Uh, but, you know, it just, it's just working that way. And um, so, and it's slowly but surely, surely. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, uh, Shaw hits the ball, and I'm, you know, I'm probably about the eight foot line, you know, and, and, and I'm right there, but I just missed it by a tad. So it hits my arm and goes rolling off on my side. And uh, I think I was playing the right side at that time. So then Sinji's going to start running over to it, right? And uh, you get the ball, you know, and, and, and I haven't said a word. I never said it. But anyway, so I go, no, no, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, son. Don't worry about it. So I, I go, I jog over, and as I'm walking over there, there's a, a bottle uh, top uh, in the sand. And I pick it up, put it between my finger and my uh, thumb, mm-hmm. and it flies. I don't think you've ever seen that. It's, a, it's an interesting trick. And I never did that year. So I'm like, you know, I don't know, 38, uh, 39, something like that by the time I learned this. But anyway, so uh, snap it, and I get the ball, I come back, and I roll it under the net. And then all of a sudden, you know, then all of a sudden we beat those guys. They, they don't make another point. We, we beat them. They might make another point, whatever. But we beat them, and then we beat them uh, the next game. So we win, right? And then, you know, after the game, Sydney goes, oh, man, I thought you were pissed at me because you never said anything, you know. Uh, you know I wasn't sure if you were going to beat me up or, or whatever. I didn't have any. I said to Sinsley, I don't say anything to my partner. I figured my partner, when we step on the court, he's trying his hardest, you know. And if it's a bad day, it's a bad day. And if it's a good day, it's a good day. I mean, that's not my concern. You you take care of yourself, I take care of myself. And so, um, and then I, I think we ended up third in that, but whatever. And then, because um, there was a lot of good teams. I think we lost his... Uh, Jimmy Mingus. Bobby Mingus. Yeah, Bobby Mingus, yeah. I think Greg was playing because, you know, Greg, I played with Greg one time, anyway, in the San, uh, San Diego. But anyway... Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, so, you know, uh, then after that, you know, he relaxed. And then, then we ended up, I think, the, I think the Marine was after that or whatever um, that we played. And then, you know, we were fortunate enough to, uh, to, to win that one. And, uh, and then, you know, I said, guys should be asking you. Guys should be asking you. And he's going, oh, I want to play with you. I was like, no, guys should be asking you. I don't, I don't. <laughs> a couple more times. It's a good chance. So anyway, um, anyway, so... Uh, then we got to the uh, world championships, which actually was an interesting one. Uh, so that was 70, probably three, maybe 73. Yeah. And um, he has a chance to go with the uh, junior national team. And he said, but I want to play with you. And the world, I said, no, 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 no. Don't be an idiot. Play with the national. You, you, you're excellent. Play, play indoor, outdoor, outdoor. So anyway, he went there and then I didn't have a part. And then I picked up uh, Rick Shaw and Steve Sims has just gone to Puno, come back over to Hawaii to teach at Puno. So we were both uh, needing partners, so to speak. And, and uh, you know, since I actually playing that a little more that year, I figured, okay, but I'll, I'll play some. So uh, we ended up playing, and uh, you know, I, uh, we took a third, I believe it was. So that was that was that's just how life goes. You know, I mean, and Rick was a great kid. I mean, I I, I knew him. Yeah, him rest in peace for uh, Bear Dog. I yeah. think is what they yeah. call him, right? Yeah. So yeah, and he, you know. He and I were, were, you know, were friendly towards it, but I wasn't really a, you know, socialized. A lot of people, you know, partied afterwards and stuff like that. You know, uh, Joe Bradovich and guys like that they partied a lot. But anyway, um, but uh, you know, uh, a lot of people they party after a few beers. You know, and that's when you know with, with the South Bay girls with Nina Winkle and, and, and 
all those girls and uh, you know they they all were you know uh, good players and they, they rose duncan and all those people you know would would get together in the step picks and stuff like that and we you know they all and i'd go up to about nine o'clock and everybody start drinking and i'd just wander off you know so i showed up but i left before all the their good action happened whatever that was which <laughs> usually not as good but you know it was it was a good time to, to be around and so um yeah, there, there was some. There was a lot of great kids there, you know, and and not all more triple A or you know whatever. Some there were some pretty interesting people in single A that tried real hard and did well, and, you know. So yeah, I don't know. It's just a, uh, it's you know, <laughs> like the Featherstones and stuff like that. Those guys. Oh yeah, yeah. The the late John. I I talked yeah. to Fred uh, frequently now, and uh, he's such a good guy. I love him to death. He's one of my faves. Well, we played them. I, I don't forget who I was playing with, but I played them in a tournament, and uh, they're both, you know, uh, relatively short guys. You know, and I'm not calling. Would they play uh, football at San Diego State for uh, Don Coriel and all these yeah. other amazing things? It yeah. blows me and then away. He went on, and John went on to coach El Camino to a lot of uh, state champions. Yeah, they named that field guy. after him. Yeah. Oh, well, fantastic. But anyway, so we're playing them, right? And 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 so you know, uh, I, I forget who I'm playing with. It doesn't really matter, you know. But uh, I, I just remember that it, uh, we're, we're like kind of beating them pretty easily. One uh, one accuses the other one of this, and that, and all of a sudden you know, they're yelling, they're yelling at each other, and then all of a sudden they're they're duking each other out. And so uh, you know, <laughs> a brotherly fight. You know? And so I, I'm sitting there trying. You know, I want to get the game over, and I want to take any advantage I can. It's legal. I go to rep. Is this considered a timeout? You know, you only have two timeouts. Is this considered one of their timeouts? <laughs> anyway, so. They're just fun stuff like that, and they're just great guys. They're, they're, they're good, good guys to me. I always had fun with them, and uh, you know, so um, and they were both successful. I, uh, I think Freddie's got a great uh, set team in San Diego, like a, a, a junior team that they're doing really well. And like I said, John, you know, won championships. El Camino was a great football coach and uh, an all-American receiver. And um, yeah, they were fantastic. I mean, there were fantastic people like that. And I, I'm not sure if they ever made trip or not. You know, pay attention to other people's score, but they were great kids to play. You know, there's Larry Birch who would serve the, and I don't care what anybody ever tells you, this guy Larry Birch served the highest sky ball I've ever seen in my life, and when he went out of sight, um, <laughs> you know, Sinjin had, had a good one, but he was like only two thirds of height. I mean, this Larry Birch, but he didn't have as much control. But sometimes when he was hitting him, man, it was coming, it was coming down the street. But anyway, <laughs> so there's a lot of character, you know, stand up real character, you know, whatever. So. I'm sorry, we went off track there. No, no, those are the best stories. The Featherstones are great people. Yeah, you can uh, mark it down. We got to go to the uh, Marine Open. uh, You and Sinjin played against Karch and Marco Otega. And young Karch, I think he just graduated as a senior from uh, Santa Barbara. Uh, Marco and him beat you in the first... uh, game and then uh Karch mouthed off and said choke city and you uh you didn't take well to that so what was your uh reply to it that's uh it's epic well I'm, I'm not sure that that was exactly how it happened but you know maybe that's uh but however it was in the first game the first game that we were playing and at this time, like I told you, Sinjin and I didn't know what we we're doing, you know, because he didn't know what, you know, what side he played best on. He played well on both sides. So what we would do is I'd be on the left side when we were on, you know, 
uh, north side of the court. And then we went, we walked straight across and that'd be on the right side, on the south side of the court. You know what I mean? So we just walked straight back and forth. So that's kind of how we were, we were trying to figure this one out. And this is our first match. I think they were like the mm-hmm. 36th, whatever. So anyway, in the first game, so uh, I'm on the left and Sinji's on the right and uh, I pass the ball and he sets me a little far outside. So I jump up and then I have to lay out prone across the net to reach over my over my left shoulder to hit this ball. I hit it on a hit cut kind of thing and it hits the tape on my side and rolls over to their side. So it looks like it's gonna fall there. Then it rolls back to our side and drops on that and it happened to be a side change. Uh, and then, uh, and those guys were ahead at the time. I think they were up, you know, like, let's say eight, five, whatever the, the, the score was, the, the change, I can't remember, anyway, but they were ahead. And this is the first game they're and and Karch just picks up the ball, you know, just just a young kid that you know is happy that you know he's ahead, uh, and uh, he he takes the ball, he picks it up, we picked it up on our hands, and we we move hands apart and slam the, our hands together on the ball, and that would knock the uh, sand off it, right? Everybody does that, you know, essentially. Right. And but as he's doing that, under his breath, or at least I heard it, but anyway, he says, "Choke City." I change sides, and so. Sinji and I aren't really fired up, you know, uh, because maybe because these kids are like the 32nd, 36th seed, whatever they were. And it was our first match. It was like in the morning. And um, so uh, a lot of times when, you know, I'm not as involved as I should be, sometimes I have to create a situation to get myself to focus. And so I figured this was the time. And then I, 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 I turned, you know, I, I turned to him and I said, "Look, you little punk, or something." And uh, you know, I didn't know who he was. Uh, just a young kid, Marco. I knew because he was a Santa boy. But uh, uh, I said, "You know, if, if you uh, get an, you get another point, you know, uh, I'll do something rude. And if you don't, I'll beat the holy living shit out of you." <laughs> <laughs> you said that to Cart? Yeah, I said to Cart, and then. You know, uh, his dad goes bananas, which I don't blame him, you know. Oh, Laszlo did? Yeah, I was always wondering about that. Did he stay quiet or did he uh, stand no, no, up for I, him? He started yelling at me like that was going to bother me. But anyway, so um, anyway, uh, so anyway, just to say, you know, uh, we went on, they didn't get another point, and we won the next, so we won the, we won the match and we were out of there. I uh, didn't think anything about it, you know, because it was done, but it probably singed up and, and it got me definitely to focus, so I was, you know, thinking better or whatever. Um, and so, uh, you know, so we won't have anything about it, you know, and then that leads to the first day of practice that at the end of that summer is, uh, right. He comes to UCLA and then he has to play for you. Yeah. So he's coming there. So he's there like all the rookies are and everybody else is there. And Sinjin, you know, Sinjin and I see each other going up the stairs and Hey, how you doing? Sinjin walks in before I do. And I was talking to, you know, uh, one of the other athletes before they went in. So since it's halfway across the court, I guess this is Sinjin's story, but you know, uh, Karch uh, runs up to him, oh, holy shit, that's my dog. He's going to beat the shit out of me. You know? <laughs> uh, me. And, 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 and Sinjin goes, Karch, he doesn't even remember you. He, he won't even remember <laughs> and so he says, come on. So then I walk in the door and then Sinjin walks up with this kid and he goes, hey, uh, coach, uh, this is... Uh, Karch Kurai from Santa Barbara, you know, one bar. Oh, I, I, and I said, yeah, I heard the name, you know. <laughs> I heard the name because uh, Greg Chibonowski was pumped him up, you know. And so, uh, and I said, hey, nice to meet you. Hope, hopefully you, uh, you fit in well with us and just try your hardest. And then I walked away, right? 
and so that was that was it. You know, I mean, that's that was it. You know, and then uh, later, Cindy comes to me and says, "Oh, that's the guy that you, uh, you know, had that uh, brief discussion with." <laughs> like, oh, okay, all right. Uh, you know, hopefully, he realizes it, it wasn't anything personal. And he says, "I think he's going to learn that." You know. <laughs> so anyway. So yeah, I love yeah. that story. It's in Karch's book. He said he was never intimidated at, about anything in uh, Karch Sandman. Great book, by the way. Um, uh, after being uh, intimidated as a young kid graduating from Santa Barbara, playing in that Marine Street Open that you and Sinjin ended up winning, and when uh, you threatened to kick the shit out of him. <laughs> and he said nothing yeah. ever bothered him him again after that i think that's the best compliment uh anyone could ever get that was uh the mighty karch greatest volleyball player ever uh you helped uh shape him on that one i hope laszlo doesn't uh get pissed off at this story but yeah it's an epic no, he was, story Laszlo, Laszlo was there Laszlo was there and, and, and I don't blame Laszlo you know I mean, it wasn't personal because it wasn't personal but you know he tried to make it personal and you know he went all to the USB or the uh, volleyball you know uh, gods of whatever the beach tournament was and, and wanted to be kicked out blah 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 and it didn't happen because you know that I was me and you know that was just it and there were a lot of characters on the beach and that was just one right. and I didn't do anything, you know. I mean, after the game, I just shook his hand and walked away. You know, I didn't, you know, it wasn't like I, I pursued it. And, you know, like uh, a couple guys who got under the net in, in other tournaments, and, and, and then they got suspended because you know that that's that's stepping over the line. I mean, what you say across the net, if you can't take it, don't get on the court. You know, I mean, people said things to me that you know really hurt my feelings. Oh, I'm so sad. No, just kidding. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Karch said even when uh, like he'd be in Brazil and they'd be throwing like bat- D-sized batteries at him, he goes, it was nothing compared to being scared to shit that I was going to get killed by Mike Sturm and Norman at Green Beret from fucking Vietnam. And I think that's one of my favorite stories ever. This concludes part two of our interview with Mike Sturm and Norman. Thanks so much for tuning in for it. Stay tuned for part three. If you love the history of the sport, please visit our website, godstoghost.com, and our YouTube channel, Gods to Ghost Volleyball. Thank you.